We're super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you. And because it's almost summer, that means you need to upgrade your sunglasses game now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. My personal favorites are the Holbrooks, just a clean, classic look. Oakley even offers prism lens technology. What the hell is that, you ask? It's proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and do your research. While you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday sunglasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands and can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Davis 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good. 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello, Lakers Nation. Sean Davis here for LakersNation.com. You're on for everything Lakers. We got a bunch of news to dive into on this very random wednesday uh yeah wednesday afternoon or evening now lost track of my days uh hope you guys are all having a great day or night at this point as we approach june the nba final starts off tomorrow got some d'angelo russell news uh joining me is matt the optimist peralta matt how we doing bro uh sean i feel like we should probably address that trevor is not here but he will be back soon (laughs) Trevor is visiting family. We did just record a video, though, so I highly recommend you all go checking that out. Just dropped before we uh, started this. But, Matt, it's fresh on my mind, so I just have to get your reaction. Monty Williams got the bag, bro. What was your, like, first reaction? <laughs> um, I love to see people get paid. Um, shout out to Monty's agent. And, yeah, I mean, look, Monty's a good coach. I think that you know, new ownership plus, you know, trying to put together a team, even though I know you just got Kevin Durant, it's still a tough ask uh, to do with like, you know, less than a handful of games. So I think Detroit got a good coach in Monty. Um, obviously, you know, the contract is going to, is going to, did you see that it could, it could reach up to a hundred million, million. That is insane. I'm in the wrong field. Apparently. Let me, so, uh... yeah, you need to, you, you're the X's and O's guys on staff, Sean, you, you need to, you need to work your way up the, the coaching ranks apparently. Monty, let me uh, let me just carry your bags for a year. You know, you, I'll, I'll <laughs> take like a couple thousand. You know, that's all. Just let me carry your bags. Oh man, crazy contract, by the way, though. But I I, I like the move for Detroit. They're they're clearly building something. I like their core a lot. They can add another piece in this year's draft. I I, I think you know they're the the trajectory is definitely upward, and I think Monty's a good coach for them going forward. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love the fit. Um, and they they. I guess you can maybe argue it's a bit of an overpay. I mean, just because of the contract, but I get it. They needed somebody that could actually come in and coach because they haven't had like their last two coaches have been Stanley and Gunny and Dwayne Casey. Like I, I get the, I get the move. Yeah. You got a good coach on the market and you got to overpay a little bit to get him. I, I think it's still worth it. Yeah. So one of the biggest reasons why we're here outside of this is our uh, new live stream schedule for the summer, especially in June and July. Mondays, Wednesdays, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Monday and Wednesday at 8 o'clock Pacific. Friday, fun Friday, typically at 2 o'clock Pacific. But this Friday, we're going to go live a little bit earlier at noon Pacific. So come join us. We'll have a bunch of fun 
as always, it'll be myself and Ron Gutterman from Lakers Nation. So we'll have a fun time on Friday. But we got some news today, Matt, as regards to D'Angelo Russell and what the Lakers might look to do with D'Lo uh, per Yovan Bua, the athletic, saying that from what he's understood is that the Lakers would be more interested in potentially signing and trading D'Angelo Russell, getting something back for him, as opposed to letting him walk or resigning him, resigning him as number two. But the number one option per Yovan is Yovan is to um, sign and trade D'Lo. Do you? What, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, when there's smoke, there's fire. I feel like we've been hearing these kinds of rumors about D'Lo for a little bit now. Um, I'm not surprised given, you know, how he looked in the playoffs. I mean, I know he had some stretches and, and some games where he looked critical to the Lakers, but then the Denver Nuggets series, I think, definitely hurt his reputation in free agency a lot. And so if I'm the front office and I look at that and I'm trying to get over the hump and get to, you know, the finals and win a championship, like that's going to weigh on my mind pretty heavily. So I, I totally understand the sentiment. It's just a matter of what player is available in a sign and trade for D'Lo. Um, you know, I just wrote for LakersNation.com yesterday that the Mavericks aren't really interested in D'Lo for Kyrie Irving. Where does that leave you? Um, and I know a lot of people in the chat are already saying Fred Van Vliet. Is, is, is that something you're interested in doing, Sean? I know you cover the Raptors too, so I, I don't know what you think about the fit and if, if the sign and trade for D'Lo for FVV is really worth it. Uh, really quick, Trev Dog already in the chat. He puts, uh, I feel for D-Lo onto <laughs> a new team. I'm sure Matt has a relationship analogy ready. Go ahead, Matt. Do you have one on, on deck for us? Yeah, D-Lo's always the girlfriend and never the wife. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, we, we uh, what, what I would like to call a practice girlfriend for the guys Jeez. that are still training up to to propose eventually. So that's what it feels like, and I'm and I'm sad for him, but I'm I'm totally cool <laughs> sticking around and seeing if he improves and and if our relationship can grow stronger next year. Practice girlfriend is nuts, respectfully. Um, no, but all seriousness, I I like Fred. I do. I think D'Lo's the cleaner fit personally because I think what Fred does really well, you don't necessarily need. Um, like you look at what Fred does well, great with the ball in his hands. One of the more high usage ball screen guys in the NBA, like 93rd percentile in terms of like ball screen usage per game, which is close mm -hmm. to 17 uh ball screen possessions a game. So, like, I don't, I just don't think the Lakers need another high usage, high usage pick and roll dude because you have Austin Reeves and LeBron James on your team. Um, mm -hmm. He only shot 34.9%, I believe, on uh, catch-and-shoot threes this year. So you'd have to really sell me on, like, Fred returning to last year's form on catch-and-shoot, where it's, like, 42% on catch-and-shoot threes. Yep. Uh, I am a believer, though, that, you know, Fred, where he's not asked to be literally your only perimeter shot maker, because Pascal's good, Scotty's great, but they aren't elite or even really like high level shot maker. So Fred had to do a lot for that offense. So you insert Fred as a third and most nights, a fourth option. That could be ideal. But Matt, what me and Trevor talked about, I think this is the only way you could really fully sell me on Fred Van Vliet is if he picks up the player option and then you do a trade that way. I'm not sold on double sign and trading for Fred Van Vliet of all people. Where do you line on that? I mean, I think from a from a salary cap or, or just a trade mechanics uh, standpoint, that probably makes the most sense. Um, you know, you get a look at FVV. I mean, I don't know. Like, you do run the risk of if you do that and you don't agree to an extension, he could walk the following season. So, you know, you have to accept that risk if you do that. But 
you know, I'm kind of of the mindset if the Lakers do do something like that, there's probably a wink wink in place about an extension at some point. So, you know, um, it's just, it's, he's a little iffy to me also for all the reasons you laid out also like, you know, he's 29. So still pretty squarely in his prime, but I just feel like, you know, smaller point guards don't age as well in the NBA. And if the shooting numbers from this season are going to stay roughly around the same, I'm just not really sure that's so much more of an upgrade than D'Lo, but I mean, hey, to me, it's kind of like if if it works out, it works out. I'm not going to hate it, but I also just don't think that's, you know, worth all the trouble of trying to get D'Lo out of here and FVV in. Yeah, and I think that's a great point that you brought there about D'Lo. I feel like we're overreacting a little bit. Like, I you're, not, you're not getting to the Western Conference Finals without D'Lo. I do agree that, that was bad. I will even go a step further and say this reminds me a little bit of the Dennis situation and then 2021 playoffs where mm. – Dennis really cost himself a bunch of money because of how that playoff series ended against Phoenix. I think D'Lo did as well. Cause I think there's a world where let's say D'Lo balls out averages 20 throughout the playoffs and the Lakers make a finals run. We could be disgustingly, honestly talking about D'Lo max contract, like 30 plus, honestly, if he had played well, he's already close to that number. I think he's what 27 this year. Um, mm-hmm. So I do think D'Lo cost himself some money, but Adilo is a much better player than I think <laughs> the rest of Twitter and I think the the discourse on Dilo will will have you believe right now for sure. Yeah, I, I get it. Like sour taste in everyone's mouth still with how he performed in that series. Um, I don't blame people one bit for being upset, but I think you gotta you know just kind of take a step back and see you know what he did in the regular season, his fit next to LeBron, AD, even Austin Reeves and the other guards on this roster. I think he is a clean fit. Like, is he going to be like an all-star player with the Lakers? Probably not. But yeah. can he be, you know, a solid, you know, third, fourth guy on some nights? Absolutely. I think that's just kind of what the Lakers need. And we've kind of gone this entire conversation without even mentioning, like, if you just let D'Angelo Russell walk, you you don't really have a way to replace him feasibly. Like, you're yeah. not going to get a better player than D'Lo in free agency, depending on what the Lakers decide to do with the roster. So, I think keeping them makes sense, but and but if you're gonna try and bring in a player, signing trade obviously makes the most sense. I'm just again, I'm not entirely sold on Fred Van Vliet, but yeah, I think you could probably do worse. Yeah, for sure. The only way you could really justify, in my opinion, uh letting D walk is that if you you're sold on Austin being your point guard going forward, which mm-hmm. I think you could do that because me and Trev did a video on this a, a week or so ago. But I think one of the things that about keeping D'Lo and Austin together is you can use some of the versatility with Austin. Mm-hmm. And let's say D'Lo doesn't play well. Okay, cool. Austin, now you're the starting point guard. Now you get extra point guard minutes. So I don't know. So I'm definitely team just bring D'Lo back or sign and trade. Again, I don't think bringing D'Angelo Russell back is the worst thing in the world. And you can just trade him at the trade deadline. <laughs> like, I think that's the goal for all Laker fans. They was to get rid of D'Lo. Okay, get rid of D'Lo and still get something more. So. Yeah, I don't think we can even talk. I don't think we can hammer that point enough, right? It's you keep the asset for now. If you want to keep them long term, great. If not, then you have versatility and, and flexibility to trade them later down the line. And, you know, like there are a lot of guys that people want right this instant, but there will be more players available down the line. It happens every single season. Yep. Someone will come available, someone that you probably we're not even thinking of right now that you could possibly get. And it's going to be good for the Lakers to have D'Lo on their books to get that trade done at some point. So also on tonight's show, we're gonna we have a few players. I have a few players that I probably should have sent to Matt, but we're gonna kind of do like a end of season play review. We're gonna continue this on Friday's show and future pods. 
Um, we're going to take a look back on their season, do what we want the Lakers like long term outlook for these players to be. I have three in mind, uh, but let's get to a couple of super chats first. Uh, Mission 86 performance. Just curious, where are we on the Scotty Pippen Jr. fronts? I can't watch G League games, so I haven't seen much of him. Can he maybe be our 14th or 15th uh, player on the roster as we begin our post LeBron James foundation? Me personally, my answer is no, but where are you at on SPJ, Matt? Yeah, I'm a little bit on the no side too. I know he had a pretty good G League season for South Bay this year, but again, undersized guard whose best attribute is scoring. I just feel like that archetype of player is is a little outdated and it's going to struggle in today's NBA, especially defensively. So, like, I, I think SPJ was worth a two way contract this year. I didn't mind it one bit. It's such a low risk move, but you know, we're we're talking about fringe roster spots, so I'm, I'm not going to quibble too much about it, but. If you're taking like if you're talking like long term, I, I feel like that's kind of far fetched. Yeah, this is a good one, Josh with a super chat. I hope Rob Palinka's trade deadline turns into a film, kind of like how draft era Moneyball was produced. Rob Palinka might have saved his job with that trade deadline. He might have, honestly. I mean, I I just I wouldn't imagine Genie firing him because you know the Lakers are such a, a family run business. But yeah, he's he and Darvin have definitely bought themselves a couple more seasons, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Like next year, I don't even think they could be on the hot seat this year. It would have to be like this year goes terribly, and then next year they're both on the hot seat. Yeah, even then, like I, I feel like the Lakers aren't really going to be interested in in paying multiple coaches. Like they're still paying Frank, I, I think, think, for I this agree. year. Yeah, yeah. And then they're still and Darvin's contract was for four years, and having to hire another head coach, like they're going to wait it out. But I think Darvin's are in the benefit of the doubt. I, I'd like to see him, you know, with this roster close to it with a full training camp and obviously with the improvements he made down the stretch of this season. Well, we have a rare commenter that agrees with that uh, thought wow. process. Wanda with a comment. Darvin Ham did a great job for a first time head coach. And I'm the Darvin Ham fanboy. really quick. What were your thoughts on Darvin year one? I think obviously started out kind of rough. I mean, look, I'm not going to make too many excuses. The roster was was pretty, you know, not optimal to say the least. And so I think any head coach would have struggled to to get the Lakers to win games early on. Yes, there were several like, you know, game management issues, rotations, timeouts, et cetera, that I think bled into the playoffs at times. But look, I think he showed tangible improvements over the season. Um, you gave him players that worked. Um, and lo and behold, the Lakers started looking a lot better. I just think, you know, that that's a good sign and I, I think what it is sean is that we've gotten so spoiled with first-time head coaches winning championships in year one yeah. <laughs> that like now the expectation is that's what it should be all the time um steve kerr nick nurse right um emmy got there yeah frank Vol yeah Eme, uh frank volga winning in his first year with the lakers even though he's been a previous head coach like yeah i i just feel like the expectations are really high for head coaches in today's nba um but you know, with that being said, getting to the Western Conference Finals, given how you started the season, um, you don't do that just based on player talent. Like, coaching matters in that situation. And so I think Darvin did pretty damn well for given the circumstances. All I'm going to say is, if you had told me that Darvin Ham would thoroughly outcoach Taylor Jenkins to where it was almost embarrassing and at least was net neutral with Steve Kerr in the second round, yeah, I would take that. I would call you crazy, actually. But A, a lot of people before that Grizzlies series were saying he was going to get outcoached, like, in circles. It, and, it was the other way <laughs> yeah and and yeah like you said like steve kerr like i know a lot of warriors fans for some reason are really like off of steve kerr for whatever yeah. reason but Top generally speaking coach. 
he he is so good and so for darvin to like you said go toe to toe or like at least match him for most of that series i think that says a lot yeah uh aj was super chat should the lakers try to trade for bojan bogdanovich as a three-point wing uh i don't think detroit does that after all after the moves are making yeah. yeah bojan's such a good fit man for that team and then i again i don't want to talk too too much about detroit but they got something going down there or up there rather they're cooking they're cooking for sure um my mentality come with the heat today sean hope you're ready i appreciate you all right Let's get to our first player review. I think this is going to be an interesting one. In chat, let us know your thoughts on this first player. But Jared Vanderbilt, I think this is a very mm. controversial one where I think you're either super high on Jared Vanderbilt or you're like, eh, man, he does this really good and nothing else. Um, what are your thoughts on Jared Vanderbilt season in general? What's your kind of outlook long term on Vando? If you had to give like a grade or whatever, what, what would it be for Vando? Are we including the playoffs? I think why not? Sure. Okay. Um, I was gonna say because if you gave me regular season, I'd even I'd go so far as B plus A minus. But if we're talking just you know, if we have to include the playoffs, like the whole like holistically, I think he's he's somewhere around like a B to me. Um, very good role player. Knows exactly what he needs to do to stay on the floor. Not gonna complain. Doesn't you know? Doesn't come out of his lane too much. Obviously limited in in several areas. I most of it being offensive, right? But I think given, you know, I think the Lakers knew what they were going to get in Jared Vanderbilt. They're going to get an energy role guy, does all the little things, dirty work, versatility in the front court, great point of attack defender, which was probably my favorite thing about him this season. Um, and he's just such on a team-friendly contract for next season. Like, I, I was very happy with Vando personally. Yes, it was disappointing to see, like, not a lot of that translate into the playoffs where he got thoroughly, like, out-schemed and was basically unplayable in stretches. Yeah, That part's a bummer, but you're not expecting Vando to be a 35-, 40-minute guy. You just want him to be in specific matchups to do specific things, and so I think he did perfectly fine given what they asked him to do. I think I agree, and I like the grade. I was leaning more B minus B, but I think we're in the same ballpark. Um, I, I I do like Vando a lot, and I will argue that part of the reason why he wasn't as good offensively is due to the coaching staff. Like, mm-hmm. if you ever watch a Golden State Warriors game, and it's a little bit different because the Lakers played them with AD, but if you sag off of Draymond Green, you sag off Kevon Looney, I'm gonna they're gonna just gonna go screen for Clay Thompson or whatever exactly. a billion times. The fact that we didn't see that enough with Jared Vanderbilt is just mind-numbing. Like, in that Memphis series, when we're trying to get Beasley involved still, because he still played in that series, Beasley's best coming off of handoffs, coming off of screens. Yep. Why don't you just kill two birds with one stone and, and say, put okay. Jared Vanderbilt in that action. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I think for me, the two biggest things I want Bando to do and get really improve upon this summer, he has to be a 35% three-point shooter. Like, that has to get up offensively. At least and from the I'm, corners. At least yeah. from the corners. And yeah. then I think defensively, I need him to be a better screen navigator. Because that makes Van- sense too. Yep. If Vando can be an elite screen navigator, then now it doesn't matter who the matchup is, is you got best player. Because, like, in my opinion, the problem with throwing him consistently on Jamal Murray or consistently on Steph is they're going to use ball screens a ton. Yep. So, and that's Vando's biggest flaw defensively. Maybe not biggest. He's not good post defender or anything but like one of his bigger defensive flaws is he's not a good screen navigator and he makes sense for a dallas mavericks matchup where he in the second half especially locks luca anthony edwards devin booker 
So the, big, the bigger wing scorers, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So you Vando can improve as a screen navigator and shoot 35% on corner threes. Dude's getting $10 million plus. Cause that's perfect. That's all you need from Vando, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, I, I like the screen navigation point. That was a glaring thing in the Warriors and uh, Nuggets series, especially. Um, like you said, I think Vando's best used on bigger isolation wings that, you know, like to dribble the ball a lot. Don't really like to use screens to get downhill um, or at least off ball also. So I, I totally 100% agree with that. Um, yeah, if he can do just those two things. I, I mean, I was going to touch upon, like, you know, his finishing ability. I think that was a point of uh, frustration sure. for a lot of Lakers fans, too. Like, you give him the ball near the rim. He doesn't really elevate. Like, he's not super athletic. Yeah. Um. So, you know, he's got to have, like, a clear lane to the basket or else, you know, it's going to be, like, a wild finish. So, I think that's another area he can improve in as well. But, again, you're not asking Vando to do too much offensively. It's really, I think, the defense and rebounding that he makes his bread. Be a good screener. Shoot 35%. That's all I need from Vando. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's an underrated passer, too. He's He can bring yeah. the ball up a little bit. Like, he's got some versatility and utility. Um, so I think there's definitely tools to work on. And and so I'm I'm perfectly – like, I 100% need the Lakers to pick up his team option for next season. And then, you know, as far as long-term outlook, like, he's definitely a role-player piece you can have. He's, he's really young still. Yeah. He could be um, a championship role-player for sure. I think yeah, he, he, would, he would get minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wicked Bronco with Super Chat that kind of matches up with this conversation. Matt will love this one. If Vando can work on his three-point shot, he's a <laughs> taller, better version of Prime Pat Bev plus Wesley Matthews. Uh, us fans forget that Mavs game. I personally think he's a top 10 defender. I won't go that far because of the screen damn. navigation point, but he's a damn good defender. I will agree with that. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, Pat Bev with the jump shot, but like 6'9". That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, let's catch up on a couple of these super chats and we get to our next one. Um, Mario, I, sorry, I had to say that with like the super Mario voice in my head. I'm sorry. Uh, fun trade idea. Pacers get Beasley in the 17th pick via the Lakers. The Bulls get Mo Bamba via the Lakers. 26 and 32 via the Pacers. The Lakers get Alex Caruso, Buddy Heald, and you would throw in our second if we needed for AC. Let D'Lo walk. Ooh, okay. Um... Wait, who's saying no to this? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think Chicago? Uh, I don't know. It's like essentially. So, okay, Indiana's given up, buddy, and they're trading 26 and 32. So it's Buddy. Okay, so essentially this is just the Lakers deal we've been talking about. Buddy 26 and 32 for B's and 17. And then Yeah, so the Pacers are are trading Buddy 26 and 32 for Beasley and 17. I, I think I think Indiana says no to this. I think you gotta take out one of those picks. Like take out either 26 or 32. Yeah, I don't because Buddy's an expiring for the Pacers. They don't necessarily need to trade him. And like yeah. I, I would, they don't. It's that deal makes a lot more sense last season. Yeah. Um, I also just don't think the Lakers are trading seventeen for AC. I don't think so either. They probably I th- I just think... find a replacement. They they could find a better player at seventeen. Yeah, and then like with long term sustainability, I guess is the word, or like outlook, maybe well, as well. Cost control contract, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then. Like, and I'll talk about this more on a, on a pod tomorrow, but if you want to trade down, which I'm a fan of, as I've already made known, I think you could trade down and still get a role player, but still get a first-round pick. So, like, Brooklyn, for example, if it's, like, somehow Royce O'Neal in 22, and let's say they're super high on somebody at 17, for 17 and filler salary if you need it, perfect. You still get a first-round pick. You get a role player that can contribute. I think that's a deal you look at if you want to trade down or just trade the pick in general. Yeah, I think, you know, all those players involved are going to be linked to the Lakers for sure in the summer. Yeah. I just think that the Lakers could do separate deals for with either of those teams. I don't think you need to throw in a three-team deal to get them all involved. Yeah, that was another thing. Like, can't you just do that separately? You, like, you could, yeah. Um, Mo in two seconds for Alex Caruso? You know, like, that's not it's not terrible. And then you just do that, Buddy Heal too? I don't know. You, you could. I mean, that that's... that's I pretty sure like under the cap that's feasible um you basically trade malik beasley in your first for buddy healed in their first and you off you go yeah i'm about to have an anxiety attack just thinking there's a chance that very slightly that the lakers will keep austin reeves slash not help me call myself and hi sean and matt well hello appreciate you Sending in the super chat, and I will lose my mind, and I will never forgive Rob Palenka if they let Austin Reeves walk. So there's no way they let him walk, dude. No way. I don't think so. I don't like. I don't even think there's a walking away point. I think it's literally whatever he gets offered. I, 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 I will say this though. Depending on how lucrative Reeves' deal ends up being, it could cost them Rui because I think there is a walk away point for Rui. But sure. I think I think Reeves they're gonna keep no matter what. Yeah. No way. Um, just breezy thirty-five brown. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a Sean, a Spacey D, and Maddie P pairing. I think I like. We did one like last summer when Trevor went on vacation, wasn't it? Like his um, yeah, his anniversary. Yeah, in like August, right? Yeah, we had yeah, a, we, we have a little. It. Oh, we we did the Pat Bev show. That was, that's right. Oh, I ran home. Yeah, I I drove super quick from from from. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, just 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 to, just to cover THT for Pat Bev. Jesus. <laughs> oh man, look at look at Matt doing the Lord's work over here. Um, 
<laughs> Mama mentality. I don't agree with Trevor with the D-Lo take. He's 27 going on 28. He's not spring chicken. I'm 29. What are you trying to say, man? <laughs> he's young-ish. I believe in that age. He's almost a finished product. He is who he is, and there's a difference between season and playoff D-Lo. I think that's a good point. I do think D-Lo, at least a lot, like the middle sentence that he's a finished product, I don't think D-Lo gets any better from here, personally. I guess he's technically in his prime, but like... On this Lakers team, he's a 17, 18 points per game player. Like, I don't think he's getting any better. I think that's fair. I, I mean, generally speaking, players are who they are at this point in their careers. D'Lo's been in the league for, I think this is going to be his eighth or ninth season next year. Yeah. Um, we know what he is. He's a secondary ball handler, pretty decent playmaker, outside shooters, good, can create his own shot defensively. He's going <laughs> to he's gonna ebb and flow quite a bit, and he'll be streaky when it comes to scoring. I mean, that that's that's essentially what you're paying for. But, again, like, I, I hate doing this to players, but you just have to, like, again, like, just, just take the on-court production aside. Like, you just need to keep the player for flexibility's sake going forward. Like, yeah, it's good to have players on your books. It's good to, you know, have salaries that are tradable down the line um because again like people are gonna complain like at the deadline if they're like oh how come the lakers can't get this guy it's because you know they don't have contracts and like this is what we were trying to tell you like in the offseason like you want to be in that position yeah like remember when we were like how come all the lakers trades involve tht and kendrick nunn it's because those are like literally two oh of, like, man those are like literally two of the three things they can trade at this point <laughs> i don't want to go back to those days where it's THT and Kendrick Nunn for all-star player. At least you have some contracts now. THT, Kendrick Nunn, and a first for insert player here. <laughs> for Jeremy Grant. Remember those days? Jeez. Oh, man. Or that, those three for Buddy Heald. Those three for just Miles Turner. The list goes on and on, man. <laughs> the dark days. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. I don't want to go back to that. Uh, Mom Mentality also adds, don't believe me. Look at his season and all of his playoff stats. It's not overreaction, so thank you, D-Lo, but we need to trade you or other. Trade's um, fine, depending on what you get back. I'm not opposed to it. Like, what what team is hard capping themselves for D'Lo? That's another thing you gotta have to think about. That's, yeah, that 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 is super interesting. Like, and that's my problem with doing a Toronto deal. Like, does and I had to Toronto, think about I don't this. Think Toronto's that interested. I don't think Toronto's like willing to hard cap themselves for D'Angelo Russell. No, you gotta. Lakers would have to throw in some sweetener if they're getting a good player back. Yeah, so. I think the most likely case if you're trading D'Lo is something at the deadline. I yeah. think that's the most likely. I think so, too. Uh, Wicked Bronco with another super chat. I know Trevor went over the cap stuff before, but he didn't cover what the cap would look like if we traded D'Lo in two first for Hewitt or Turner, Van Vliet, et cetera. Can we kick the tires on a trade deal? Yes. Trey Young is not happening, folks. Let's, uh, let's I, stop I, that. That's a pipe dream. I'm sorry, guys. Kyrie might be more likely. I don't know. They're both point two percent chances. Uh, yeah, I I got to think about the cap situation with that. I think it depends on what you're going to sign D'Lo to, and like you know how much his outgoing salary is going to be in that case. And then it, this is like kind of what we we're talking about on the Monday show. Like the Lakers have a lot of different options they can go in. Like, do they yeah. pick up the options on on Mo and and Malik? Like, do they renounce any cap holds? Like, who are they bringing back? Like, there's just so there's like too many moving parts to really kind of see clearly what the cap situation for the lakers are but yeah that that's definitely going to be more of like a raw and trevor question yeah for sure what, what's your market or like your range you think for d 
Uh, I think Yelbon outlined it pretty well. I think 20 is kind of the ceiling for him right now. Yeah. Like, who's paying for that? Like, I, don't, I can't imagine the team. Like, I know there's a bunch of teams with cap space that just need to spend it, but, like, who's who's splurging on D'Angelo Russell right now? Yeah. That might be the, the, the sucky part of him. And again, man, like, I really hope he gets paid somewhere because he, he definitely, I think, um, cost himself some money. Trevor, with a great reminder here, make sure you guys smash that like button and turn on those post notification bells. Uh, as well got a bunch of great content even though trevor's out and trevor's gonna do some stuff as well uh while he's on home, uh famcation what do you what do you call it? is it still vacation? you you can enjoy time with your family trevor we got it <laughs> uh trevor did say make sure the the house is cleaned up so matt you're on a uh, house cleaning duty i, I am guess. good at vacuuming and and mopping so i got it <laughs> uh next end of season player review we're gonna go dennis schroeder average 12.6 points Two and a half boards, four and a half assists, shot 41.5% from the field, 33%. I'm rounding up to get there from three. Dennis made some big plays. I think he probably earned himself some more money based off of a decent enough season for the Lakers. Uh, well, what are your thoughts about Dennis from this past year, Matt? I, I think he's got to definitely be at least a B plus, in my opinion. I, I think an A is just is, is a really, like again, it's tough grader. Rich. Yeah. Yeah, but I think B plus is about right. And I and like look, I, the way I'm looking at it personally is that given what the Lakers got him for, basically, well, not basically, a veteran's minimum contract, and for him to basically be like, what would you say? Was he the Lakers' fifth best player in the playoffs? Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. Well, LeBron, AD, Reeves, and then Rui, right? So yeah, probably Dennis. Between him and D'Lo, depending on D'Lo's playing well or not. I, I just feel like it was pretty telling that the Lakers did a lot better in that Warrior series and and the Nuggets series with D, with Dennis on the floor versus D'Lo. But yeah, um, yeah. Look, I, he's definitely going to get more money. We talked about it on Monday's show. If the taxpayer mid level, like you know the ta- like the regular one, like the five to seven million dollar one, goes to Dennis, I don't think any of us are upset. I think that's fair value for him. Um, the Lakers need point guards, um, especially depending on what they do with D'Angelo Russell. Um, I like the defensive intensity that he brings. Um, I know he's a little undersized, but he's hell of a point of attack defender, fights over screens, will battle in the post, do all that little stuff. Um, and I know he's a streaky shooter, but he's still a player that can get downhill, draw free, uh, draw fouls and free throws and get the Lakers into the bonus earlier. I mean, overall, like I, Dennis had a be- better season this year than he did the first time around with the Lakers. So I was pretty impressed with him and I would be super happy to have him back next year. Yeah, I think I agree with the grade. I think A is a little bit too rich. And I guess, again, tough grader maybe. But he won you so many games this year. He did. And even the playoffs had some great moments as well. Uh, regular season, the game that sticks out in my head is that Memphis game at home uh, with mm-hmm. no AD. Um, obviously, gets I think it was the steal or whatever, and then hits the, the layup and one, I believe. Um, really solidified that backup point guard spot for most of the year and he was your best option at times on like a Steph on a, a jaw on a Jamal but J- when Jamal was hitting those shots it doesn't matter who it's guarding but I no. think just to have that option like you said like see point guards and unless you're getting a point guard at 17 which you would really be throwing into the fire early even mm-hmm. though I, I love the class but this is LeBron's probably final year in LA so you, you really want to go hard on this year um yeah i thought dennis was really good and i wouldn't be mad if he brought dennis back for like again the taxpayer which is still great value 
if Dennis made the taxpayer last year, that's great value. Um, yeah, yeah I, I thought Ron made a good point. Like, you know, the free agency list this year for like realistic targets for the Lakers, there there aren't a lot of them. So yeah. I don't see the harm in bringing back a player that, you know, you're familiar with that, you know, can stick in playoff games. Like I, what, that's another thing I love about Dennis. He's, he's playoff tested. Yeah. Um, so I, I really enjoy that. I think he did really well in like whatever role the Lakers threw at him this year. Like I know the first time around he was really like, you know, I need to be a starter. I need to have the ball. I need to do all these things. I thought this year he was great at, you know, do you need to be a start? Should I come off the bench? Like, yeah, I'll defer to the two stars and even Reeves and D'Lo to an extent that that type of player, that type of role player, especially on a championship team is very useful. And so again, I, I think Dennis did really well this year for sure. Uh, Wicked Bronco. Personally, I think this team with Buddy instead of Dilo would be a way better team, especially if you put Austin at point guard, something we just talked about. Good things always happen when Austin is running the point. I'm still saying Austin Reeves has star player potential. I'm going to agree with that last point, and here's why, Matt. I We talked about this in the video we just did, breaking down like Dilo and Fred VanVleet. Oh, one of my, I guess, pushbacks, if you will, on bringing Fred in is let's say like a team uses that poison pill and just gives Austin the the holy bag, right? Which is what, four for 98 or something, right? And that's like the top, yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to pay Austin $98 million over four years to be a spot-up catch-and-shooter, right? Mm -hmm. So I do like this idea of, hey, let's put let's give Austin the ball more and let him potentially blossom into, I don't know, like, uh, did he say all-star? Okay, he said a star. I think all-star potential with Austin. Um, you, you give him more touches with the ball. We saw what he did down the stretch in that second half of the year, post-trade deadline, where the guard room wasn't as, like, tight. I mean, like, you still had Dennis and D'Lo, but like we've already talked about, D'Lo is great off the ball, shot 39% or so on uh, catch-and-shoot threes. Dennis and Austin actually have some weirdly good chemistry together. So giving more Austin Reeves uh, on-ball touches is something I'm a fan of. And, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I just think that um, they're most likely going to get another on-ball guard, personally. Yeah, it's interesting. I kind of feel like Austin's ceiling is like a CJ McCollum-level type player. Ooh, like, I like that. Right? Like, borderline all-star. Maybe not quite all-star, but you're yeah. you're definitely, you know, considering him as like one of your best players for sure. Um, like I, I, I would probably bet money against Austin ever making an all-star team, but I think he is that caliber of player where like, you've got to treat him as like a third star on, on some nights. Showing some of you guys' grades on the Vando stuff. So this one says Vando offense, D defense, a average, I say B minus again, that's probably that's, fair. That's probably right. Yeah. Uh, this is a little bit harsh. I'd say Vanderbilt can leave. He is a liability. That's why you got to work on him this summer. And again, for the contract steal of a contract for what Vando does for you. Yep. 100%. Uh, again, this kind of preaches that same sentiment. Vando's great for his price tag. Yep. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here in the chat. Um, Keon, the best scenario would be LeBron calling and asking Kyrie to go for one year, 12 mil. <laughs> then the Lakers could sign and trade deal for a shooter or a center. Kyrie could get his money 24 season with the Lakers. Um, if, if Kyrie wants to come for the non-taxpayer mid-level, if the Lakers have that available, I am all about it. <laughs> 
I will frame his jersey right next to AD's jersey right there. I will I will pick him up at 5 p.m. at LAX. Jeez. If that ever happened, personally. Matt's going to be in uh, traffic for three hours. That's that's totally fine. If Kyrie Irving's going to come for that little, that's the least I could do. Very, like, off topic, but I flew in the L.A. once a few years back, and the person I was, like, going to visit, they're, like, 20 minutes normal people time away from the airport legit stuck in traffic for an hour and a half to two hours yeah i tell people this all the time if you're not from los angeles picking someone up from lax or dropping them off is a love language because <laughs> there aren't a lot of people i would do that for so if someone picks you up from lax especially in the middle of the week like yeah during the day they probably like you a lot uh how do we get back jay huff also what big would you like to see next to ad um washington would have to what cut them or like really wave them Something along those lines. A free agent, isn't he? Oh yes, he might be actually. Uh, I'll answer the second half of the question. Also, what big would you like to see next? Ad, I think the biggest dream scenario ever is Brook Lopez. That's not happening, but like perfect fit is Brook Lopez. Um, I think Nas Reed a little bit more realistic, especially if he hits what I think Ron said the eight to twelve ish million dollar range. Um, again, you're talking more non taxpayer level. Um. I mean, your options for a taxpayer aren't that great. This free agency class in general, like your taxpayer options aren't the best. So I don't know, Matt, is there anybody else that you eye for potential big next Anthony Davis? Or do we already have it in Mo Bamba? I, I think the archetype has to be something like a Mo Bamba. Um, everyone and their mom wants Brooke Lopez back on the Lakers. I do too, but I, I just don't see that happening financially. Um, I mean, yeah, the ideal, ideal center next to ad is a shot blocking center who can shoot threes um brooke lopez miles turner like those guys just don't grow on trees and there's not a lot of avenues for the lakers to get that guy so again that's the ideal um but i think honestly just having another big man in general next to ad can will will ease will ease you know the regular season burden off of him a little bit and then in the playoffs you just run him at the five and, and you know you basically just have this playoff run again uh, Nino with a super chat, really cool one. Lakers would be my team post LeBron because of you guys, so we appreciate you and welcome officially to Lakers Nation, if you will. Um, let's see what. Oh, else you know what? Did we talk about this uh, Bobby Portis uh, rumor that came up today? Did you see that? I did not see it. What happened? Basically, someone I I don't know if it was um I forgot which source it was, but people were like Bobby Portis wants to reunite with Darvin Ham this off season. I was like. That speaking of big next AD, I'd be down. I love Bobby, so I think that'd be great. I just you know I don't really see that happening. Bobby is under contract for next the next couple of seasons. Has a player option for twenty five, twenty six. Yeah, it would need to come be a trade. I don't really think the Bucks are interested. Do you in trade seventeen for Bobby Portis? Oh, I would. Absolutely. I think I would too. Mo Bamba in seventeen? Question mark? Question mark? I don't think Milwaukee does that, but I'd be super interested in that. Milwaukee, go take Derek Lively. Go ahead, shoo, go away. Um, well, okay. If I said, um, I don't know if you want to earmuffs this, Sean, but if I said, uh, <laughs> take off the headphones again. <laughs> if I said, uh, Mo Max and and seventeen, is that too rich for you? Uh, I think a little bit. Mm. Like, do they have a second? I think they do. Right. The Lakers they have forty seven. Not talking about the Bucks. Oh, the Bucks. Um, 
I don't know their draft situation off the top of my head, but you tell yeah, me I get Bobby. It, it's, it's the last pick in the draft. Jeez. Um, of course it is. I guess if I absolutely had, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think it's a little uh, bit rich, but I wouldn't I, mind it. I guess I love, I love Bobby. So I, I love Max too. Do not get me wrong. I'm not saying you have to trade him, but I need proven veteran guys around this roster next year. And I need guys. I know that I, that can play in the playoffs. If it's on the table, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna say no right away. Yeah, no, no, for sure. It's definitely something to have a conversation about. Um, man, like Bobby Portis would just look so good in LA. And you know what? On this show, Matt, we're all about looking good and playing good. And that's why Oakley is the best <laughs> partner for us. We don't leave our house in the morning without our Oakleys. Uh, did you know that Oakley even offers Prism Lens technology? What the hell is that, you might ask? It's proprietary technology to Oakley, available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Well, I know you do. So head on over to oakley.com and do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. They'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn a ton of sunglasses in my life. I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com for more information today. Shout out to Oakley for sponsoring this episode. What a beautiful ad read. I hope I made Trevor proud. If you still listening. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Mark, what about Monty? As uh, Lake as an added Lakers coach. Well, uh, that's out the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Let's uh, let's get to our last player review, and then we'll close out with the rest of these super chats. Maybe the most controversial, especially after how that uh, game four of that Denver series went. But Anthony Davis. Ooh. The heavy Ooh. hitters with the optimist on today. That's a toughie, man. I, well, we're talking about Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, number three. A minus. I think I agree. Look, again, did he shrink in some of the biggest moments that the Lakers needed him to not shrink in? Absolutely. But I am just not going to forget the first two rounds of the playoffs, plus the stretches he had during the regular season, especially with LeBron James out. Mm-hmm. I think Anthony Davis is definitely on the track to becoming the Lakers just main guy next season. I think some people started to see the transition from LeBron to AD happen in the playoffs this year. I imagine that that is probably going to continue into next year's regular season. But if we're just talking about his performance this year, I think Again, it's not an A or an A plus because again, you just can't ignore the inconsistency, the up and down play from AD. Like the every other game thing, the playoffs was so annoying. But when Anthony Davis is is locked in, he is a just the best defensive player in the league, bar none. Um, and then two, if he's got his jump shot going, if he's engaged <sighs> offensively, if he's getting downhill, that dude is a menace. So. Yeah, this is why I think I was always on the you don't trade AD for pennies on the dollar because yep. you are not finding that player anywhere else. So not perfect, but 
I think this version of Anthony Davis is the kind of franchise player that the Lakers can feel confident building around, assuming he stays healthy. Um, really, really quickly, I do want to answer this super chat and I'll give my answer. Um, Tevin, is it possible we're overrating this team? This is the first one. We played tanking or injured teams the last few weeks. Then we played injured Memphis, Golden State had issues, and Denver swept us. If we're going to play the uh, teams that we faced had issues game, I think you could do that for every single team that's ever had a sustained playoff run. Look at the Miami Heat who are in the NBA Finals, not discrediting them at all. They played the Milwaukee Bucks who missed Giannis for two games. They played the New York Knicks with Julius Randle not fully healthy. They played the Boston Celtics in a game seven where Jason Tatum rolls his ankle and is hurt from the jump. I'm just saying, I don't like that argument because I think we can make this for literally every team damn near ever. So I disagree there, but go ahead, Matt. No, I mean, I think that's mostly right. I mean, obviously, a lot of people are going to look at the Memphis series and go, oh, well, there was no, you know, no Brandon Clark, no Steven Adams. Like, that's a big one. Um, if I recall correctly, Minnesota didn't have Rudy Gobert, which you can argue is probably better for them in the play-in tournament. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's your excuse for Golden State? Yeah, <laughs> they had issues. The Lakers start off two and ten. Are like, like, dude, I don't want to hear the issues part for Golden State personally. Look, look, I, I think the Lakers one peaked at the right time. Two, sure. you know, got a favorable draw in the first round. Um, also true. And then you know, like the Warriors just didn't look like the Warriors this year. But like, that's not the Lakers' fault. Like, they did what they were supposed to do. And then they ran into a buzzsaw in Denver. Like, Denver was going to destroy Golden State if Golden State advanced the next round. That's like my honest opinion. Yeah. Oh, dude. Denver, Golden State just stand shot. And I, I said it. Like, heading into that LA-Denver series, if I thought the team that won that series would win the chip, because I really felt, if you watch the playoffs, those were the two best teams in the West. And probably the two best teams in the league. Like, Miami's been fun. But the, Denver and L.A. were playing at a higher level than Miami throughout the entire playoffs. I, I agree. I, I don't think that's wrong at all. Uh, I would have picked Denver over Boston, too. And that's not even me being a Boston hater. Like, I, I just agree. think what Denver is doing right now is insane. Um, they've got a great head coach. They've got the greatest. They've got, like, you know, probably should have won MVP again in Nikola Jokic. The best Jamal. player on the planet. Uh, Jamal Murray's playing insane right now. And the role guys are just are doing their thing. So not to turn this into a Nuggets podcast or anything, but it's just more like, you know, I, I think the Lakers getting swept was unfortunate, but I am not going to, you know, say that's, I'm not going to go so far to say they were overrated. They just ran into a really, really good team. Like the Nuggets are favored to win this finals. And I don't think that's a surprise. Yeah. This reminds me a lot of that 2011 Dallas series. I'm not going to lie. It kind of does. Yeah. Um, but to answer the AD point, I think I agree, A-. minus. Um, for me, the offensive inconsistency is super frustrating only because it, you can tell almost from the jump if it's going to be a good AD game or not. And the predictability there is super frustrating. Like, if AD misses those first two shots, he's not shooting the rest of the first quarter. And it's like, dude, keep shooting the ball. I don't care that you missed. Like, if AD, AD doesn't shoot minimum 20 times every game. Literally, like if AD would have a bad game, but he shot 21 times, he went five for 21. Like those are the games where I'm like, okay, cool. He just missed shots. I can't really defend you if you have 14 shots through three and a half quarters, which is essentially what it felt like in get game four. He finished with 21 points or whatever. But yeah, like that's super frustrating. But 
80s rolling offensively. He's almost unstoppable. And the, like you point out that stretch without LeBron where it MVP was level. late November. Yeah, yeah, late November, all of December before the injury. 55 against Washington, that uh, 40 plus or whatever against Milwaukee. I don't know if forget what I it mean, was. I there's, mean, there's also the stretch in March, right? When eight, when yeah. LeBron, you know, uh, the foot injury, like AD carried that team. We thought the Lakers were going to struggle to make the play-in tournament. He carried yeah. them, you know, to seventh, basically. So, yeah. So, A- minus for AD, and he's the best defensive player on the play. I don't want to hear anything, regardless of how the 80s locked in or not. Nope, best player, best defensive player in the NBA. Yep. Agreed. Might get robbed and never win a depoy, which is a travesty. By the it's way, it's just, it's just, man, it's it's his availability. I guarantee you, like you get like eighty percent of AD for like an entire like I don't know 67, 68 games. He should win depoy. I hope you're right. Um, bring back Thomas Bryant. What do you think? Eh, I'll pass. Big man. Uh, the chat on the Dennis thing. They're saying I'm seeing a bunch of C pluses, and I'm seeing like a B B plus in there. Uh, this comment says Dennis did his role and well. I think that's about how you would summarize Dennis's year this year. Um, yeah, on a better minimum, like you're not going to get better production. This is a great super chat. We dumped every player who had a bad playoff series. You've had a bad stretch in the season. We'd run out of players quickly. Yes, there are better players in D'Lo, but we could do worse. Low and consistent, but overall a really solid player. Like if if your expectation is for the Lakers to get Kyrie Irving, Trey Young, even Fred Van Vliet, like this is why you are disappointed. <laughs> uh, like you just need to be a little bit more realistic about what the Lakers can actually do in free agency or via the trade market. And again, like give me the player you'd rather have over D'Angelo Russell that the Lakers could get outright in free agency. There aren't a lot of them. Yeah. Watch, we're going to get some Jordan Clarkson comments now. Uh, <laughs> That's nasty. <laughs> look, and like, look, I, 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 he talked about it a lot in his press conference or his exit interview, but basically he was like, you know, give this team a training camp and and let us build. Like, I, I think there's a lot to say about that concept also. Yeah. Um, Justin says, feel for uh, feel for D-Lo three, fell for D-Lo. Three threes in the fourth of game four against the Grizz and hit the go-ahead basket against the Warriors in game one. Let's not act like he's terrible or horrible is what he says. Because of the Nuggets series, he was a Laker for three months. Dude, like, D'Lo's a mentally tough player. I think I can give him that. Mm -hmm. Like, if you remember that game one where, like, the Lakers had all the momentum. I'm talking about the Golden State series for those, like, podcast listeners or whatever. Um, All the momentum. Golden State goes on this crazy run in the fourth. They go to a zone. D'Lo, like, badly air balls a three to put him up or maybe to extend the lead and the golden state goes down scores and then <laughs> D'Lo hits a big shot to give the lakers the lead they wouldn't lose it from that point on D'Lo's had some big moments he had he had a bunch he had some bad moments like games one through three of that memphis series were legitimately shaky um some games of that golden state series legitimately shaky obviously that whole denver series was shaky I'd argue post game two, I don't even blame D'Lo. I blame more Darvin after game two of that Denver series. I think post game two, the writing was on the wall. The D'Lo should not have been playing that much in that series anymore. And he still kept playing significant minutes. Um, D'Lo's not a bad player. He's not a bad player at all. No, again, um, just for anyone that hasn't read the Yovan article, which you guys should do in support, but you know, he kind of called him like a starting level guard and at worst a six man. Yeah. That's 
if you're looking at the Lakers roster and how it's composed and like the players you want to bring back, isn't that what you kind of want? <laughs> I think you need a starting point guard. I no, I, I don't disagree. I'm just saying, like, you know, no, no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying, oh, like, you're saying Delo is a start. Yeah, exactly. Dilo, like, yeah. That's why I'm all for bringing back him and Dennis. I think that combination works. So, uh, super chat here. If you could get Embiid for AD, would you make that trade? I think it would be an even swap giving injury history. We need. We need consistent scoring. 76ers need better interior defense. What do you think? I think Embiid's an underrated defender. Oh, Embiid's like, great. Yeah, I don't think he's in the same category as AD. Or but offensively, North- I, I think, you know. Yeah. I, I think Philly says no. No, I, no, no. I, I Would I do this? Sure. I think I'm there. I think i do it. I, I would also do it. I mean, we're talking about the MVP. Yeah. Um, AD's got that potential, but Embiid's legitimately been playing as an MVP level candidate now for the past few seasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd probably do that deal. Like, but again, like realistically, that's never gonna happen. But if you're telling me I can just swap the two, sure. Oh, I'm definitely doing it. Uh Gabriel, B's and picks for DFS and Royce O'Neal. I brought I this up on the both. show on yeah, I brought this up on the on the Monday show. I was like, you should hit up Brooklyn and ask for one of their wings. Like, if you're going to make a trade in the offseason, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point later in the summer. But that those are names I'm looking at. Yeah. I think it would cost you a little bit more to get Royce. I mean, I'm not Royce. Excuse me, DFS. But, um, yeah, call him up. Get one of those wings. That'd be great. That's good depth. Like, if that's your Troy Brown replacement. Oh, chef's kiss. Um, Let's see. James Bell. Y'all keep forgetting about chemistry when y'all talk about when to trade d And also, we had to hide him on a player that didn't shoot well like Clay. I wouldn't say we had we were hiding him. I think we put him in a situation where he's most likely to succeed defensively. d not a good defender at all, but d minus that Denver series, which was really bad defensively. d is a average or like at least an adequate rotator off ball, and he's a good enough chaser. So, like, Clay Thompson, that series made sense, especially because Austin got some of the responsibilities with uh, Steph Curry in that series. So, I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily say you were hiding him on Clay. I just think you were putting him in a position to succeed. I mean, yeah, you weren't really going to put him anywhere else. I think I think Clay made the most sense. And, you know, to his credit, like, I know Clay just shot the ball pretty poorly, but I thought D'Lo also impacted him on a few, on a few games. So. Get to a couple more here. Wicked Bronco. If the Eric Lewis stuff is true, the Lakers better get compensation for his devious calls against us. Also, Nuggets fans are more annoying than the Grizzlies are Golden State fans. They're like my sons. Oh, I am not going that. Yeah, from 2021. Never won anything. SMH, 18 greater than zero. I agree with Matt. I'm not going that far. Nah, man. I'm no. (laughs) I'm nope. Like I get I'll it. Pass. Like I, I think I think every time you lose to a team, their fans are just inherently more annoying, no matter what. Yeah. But well, one, they should be bragging. They got to the finals, and then you know, two, like <laughs> uh, if you've been on the internet for a little bit, especially like you know uh, NBA Twitter, those fan bases that you just named are a hundred percent worse. <laughs> um, draft Derek Lively this coming draft. Dude's a center. Yes, he is a center. That's um, factual. <laughs> that's factual. Um, I'm going to say no. I pass on Derek Lively. I think I just don't like the fit. And I guess I made this point or I tried to make this make this point on the Monday show. I'm more than likely or more often than not, rather, I guess, a um, 
best player available over, you know, fit. I think this Lakers team, again, heading into LeBron's final year, where I think you really want most likely his final year, where I think you want to maximize this year as much as you possibly can. I think in this rare scenario, you have to go fit over best player available. And I just don't like the Derek Lively fit next to AD. Defensively, it's exactly what you want, but I, I just don't buy the offensive upside. Not yet, at least. And I think for Derek Lively, put him in a situation where he's not asked to do a ton day one, which would be the exact opposite of LA. Because I think what we talk about Derek Lively at 17, people are saying, bam, there's our starting center next to AD. I'll pass, personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, what's the level of disappointment? If Jordan Hawk, if Jordan Hawkins goes like one or two picks before the Lakers pick, I might cry on stream. Well, you know how this works, man. He's he's kind of the Twitter darling right now in the draft community, so he is. No, forget about Jordan. No, move on to Jet Howard. Go ahead and draft him. In the I I am telling you right now, dude. Like, if Jordan Hawkins went as high as like I don't know twelve, I would not I be, be one one bit surprised. I think twelve is probably the earliest. By the way. I, I'm telling you, it makes sense. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I'm getting to the part now where uh, the chat's talking about the um, the ad, the ad read. Oh. <laughs> the chat says Sean's a walking billboard. Jeez. It was it was great. <laughs> oh man. Um, I guess we can wrap up here. Last question, just for fun. I think we might have even talked about this on the Monday show, but run it back. Who y'all have in the finals? Who wins and how many games, Matt? Uh, I picked Denver in six. I think that's still the right choice. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. Yeah, we did do that last show. I, I think I agree. Denver in six. Um. Oh wait, I forgot about this one. My bad. Sean, Mister Steal Your Girl Davis. I, I have too many nicknames to keep up with. Um, Kyrie, if you come to the Lakers with a mid level exception, I promise I will steal your girl. Mm, that's fair. Jeez. Um, getting to some of the AD parts. Uh, gaming with day one online, I guess, says A, defense, B minus offense. I think maybe B to B plus offense, maybe. But I, I guess I understand the B minus offense for AD. Mm-hmm. I get that. AD averages a C plus slash a B minus. That's That's a little harsh. But again, I understand the frustration. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you all for hopping in. It's been a fun show. Matt, thanks so much for hopping on, bro. This was a ton of fun as always. Yeah, man. Super fun. Um, Don't worry, everyone. Um, Trevor will be back soon. Um, We're just holding down the fort. So you will have uh, Papa Trev back on the podcast and live stream soon. But um, yeah, Sean, this was a blast as always. Thanks for everyone for tuning in, um, sending in the questions. Um, and you guys got to witness that brilliant ad read just like I did. Um, it's a good show, in my opinion. I, I, I hope I made Papa Trev proud with that, uh, that ad read. I really you know, was stressing all night about how am I going to pull this ad read off. And I was waiting for like a great moment to segue into it. And Bobby Portis to the rescue. All right, everybody, make sure you guys turn on those post notification bells so you guys to stay up to date with our latest coverage over at Lakers Nation. Hit that like button as always. Until next time, stay safe. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out.